Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. Sports Talk Mississippi's Brian Haydad, along with Robbie Falk from 24-7 Sports, give you an inside look at the Bulldogs on the field, the court, and the diamond. Now, get ready for Thunder and Lightning. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Robbie Falk here with you on a Wednesday morning. Thanks for joining us at supertalk.fm or wherever it is you get podcasts from. Appreciate all of our great listeners, especially our servicemen and women out there taking care of us. We want to thank our sponsors at Strange Brew Coffee House and Churn and Spoon Ice Cream. If you're looking for a holiday uh, gift idea and you've got a coffee lover in your house, Strange Brew's got you covered. Go to strangebrewcoffeehouse.com and you can find all sorts of great stuff, including all of the great coffees they brew every day at Strange Brew. So if you can't make it to Starkville or Tupelo every morning, well, they got you covered at strangebrewcoffeehouse.com. Excuse me. College Corner and collegecornerstore.com. That's the place to do your holiday shopping for the maroon and white in your life. And don't forget, this Friday is Black Friday. There will be great specials at at uh, College Corner, both locations there in the Jackson area. They're original by Fleet Feet. They're in Florida by the Half Shell. They'll have some great sales there. And if you can't make it for Black Friday, always shop online at collegecornerstore.com. Humble Taco, Starville's newest and best Mexican restaurant, Mexican fare with Mississippi roots. It's just your favorite Southern classic spun up into Mexican favorites. They're great. It's great stuff. It's unique. It's something you can't find anywhere else. Very happy to have them here in Starville because that's something Starville can say it has that nobody else does. And if you're going to be up here this weekend or any weekend, make sure that a stop at Humble Tacos on your list. You will not regret it. <sighs> Excuse me. I'm telling you, the Egg Bowl has my mind. It's, it's messing with me. So much hate. I, I, feel, I, feel, you know, I feel awful. Yeah, and Will East, he insulted me today too. What did he do? And when I when I called him out, I was like, "That was hurtful." He's like, "Oh, well, it's Egg Bowl week, so that just gives you a free license to say whatever you want about somebody." What do you say? No, 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 fat no. shaming. I, oh, I, I'm not. Gonna, I wouldn't repeat it. Oh, it was, it was terrible. Goodness, if I, you're I, saying that, I might have to go to HR. I'll be totally honest with you. If, if you're, you're listening, Will, that, is it Will. Well, if, if you're saying that, I'm just saying you're foul mouth. Oh. You and Brandon Walker. <laughs> okay, Corbin, calm down over there. <laughs> anyway, Firehouse Subs. I, I take offense to that. That you were Corbin? I'm not Corbin. I talk much slower than that. That was not you, but if you... It was very close. It, it was, that, that, was, like, that was your more peppy cousin. It, it really was. Tupelo. Firehouse Subs. It's a good place to go get lunch. If you want... Uh, to, to enjoy a delicious sub sandwich. And they make it so easy for you with the Firehouse Subs app. All you've got to do is download the free app for your Android or iPhone, and you can be getting reward points very quickly. And those points, they accumulate very quickly when you use the app. You'll be eating free sandwiches pretty soon. You're in, you're out, you've got your lunch, and it's great. Specialty sandwiches like the Hook and Ladder, the Firehouse Sub Club, and, of course, my favorite, the Meatball. I, I got somebody who t- texted me or tweeted me the other day like, you're right about that Meatball Sub, but... You can add pepperoni to it and take it to a different level. Ooh. I will be trying that out the next time I'm at Firehouse Subs. Hope to see you there. Firehouse Subs, locations in Starkville, Columbus, Oxford, Tupelo, Flowood, and Madison. Go hit them up. All right. We'll talk a little bit about this game 
in the second part of the show. Let's do you know a little Egg Bowl history. Let's 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 look back at some of the the, the moments. So Robbie and I are going to give you, I say top three Egg Bowls. We'll each do our list, and then because we are fair and balanced, all right. Because no, no, I don't want anybody to come out and say that Brian Haydad and Robbie Falk didn't give equal time. We'll talk about a couple of the the least favorites as well. So Robbie, what is your number three Egg Bowl for you? Uh. That are we doing that we've attended or does it matter? Uh, you know, no, just just for you. What personally do you would you say is the third best egg bowl of your lifetime or whatever? I'm gonna say 2019 Mississippi okay. State Ole Miss, just for the drama that it induced and what what followed afterwards, which was a butterfly effect. That college football has has rarely seen in the last few years. Mm-hmm. Um, you go into that ball game. Everybody thinks this is Joe Moorhead's last game. Keith Carter's already come out and said Matt Luke is is going to be the head coach at Ole Miss. And I, we were talking. We were on. Were you on the field with me when we saw Joe Moorhead walk past us, his family, and all that on the field? I, I was not with you on that. I, one. I was on the field. You know, we saw Pat McAfee down there, and then uh, wearing his shorts in thirty five degree weather. Shorts. Yes. And uh, you know Joe, Joe Moorhead and his family walked by, and um, you know they just looked like let's get out of here, you know like this this is it, this is the last game. Let's just get this over with and we're gone. So you're thinking Ole Miss is going to keep Matt Luke. Mississippi State's looking for a new coach. Mm-hmm. You know State came out and really dominated that game defensively, and uh, Garrett Schrader really looked good in that ball game, commanded the offense, but. Ole Miss just kept hanging around. They couldn't figure things out with John Rice Plumley. He's got alligator blood. So they just they they kept hanging around there. And uh, Matt Corral comes in there. You get a big sack on third down. I think it was. You're about to win the ball game. Chunks the ball down the field. Has a 50 yard completion. I think with like Braylon Sanders or somebody. That's correct. And it was game on. I mean we we moved down. I was on the sidelines there for the the last part. And just watching that unfold was just crazy. Uh, there was a couple of pass interference calls in there that was questionable, and then Matt Corral throws the touchdown to Elijah Moore in the last 30 seconds, literally five feet in front of me. He mm-hmm. crawls in front of me to the pylon, and it's it's like watching something in slow motion. You see it happening. Oh, no, 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 no. Don't do this. Don't. Oh, my God, he did it. He lifts his leg on the pylon, and the flag just flies in there. And I turned to Paul Jones. I said, they just lost the game. They just lost the game. Because the kicker who was, was it Luke Logan? Was that yes. his name? Was just a complete head case. I mean, just ask Brian Scott Rippey. Um, he, you knew when he came in the ball game, this is not going to the uprights. And sure enough, he missed. And uh, what happened after that was just insane. And Matt Luke was fired. Um, Miss, Mississippi State kind of got behind Joe Moorhead for a month. Comes in the in the post game, tells everybody to kick rocks. He's going to stay at Mississippi State forever. All this stuff, and uh, a month later he's gone. That the way that that game just unfolded, and especially in the fourth quarter, it's up there one of the top egg bowls I've ever watched. What's funny about that game? I remember somebody tweeted at me there the first three quarters took like two hours and ten minutes 
I mean, they were just because State and Ole Miss were just running the football nonstop. The last quarter felt like it took two days. Yeah, and that fourth and twenty-five. I mean, that's that's an improbable play. I remember being on the sidelines for that. I'm like, okay, State's just going to you know get the ball yeah. back here and take a knee, and that's going to be that. And Corral unleashes a great throw, and uh, State's coverage was not good on that play. And then you have all the stuff. I didn't see the uh, the leg lift, the urination simulation, as we like to refer to it here on the show. I didn't see that until we were in the press conference. Tom Ebel, who was then with WCBI, was like, you didn't see it? Okay, hold on. Calls up, pulls up the video, and I was like, I had no idea that had happened. I knew there was an unsportsmanlike. I just figured somebody had said something. Had no idea that it occurred. And uh, it's something. How he didn't learn his lesson, because DK Metcalf was flagged for that penalty and, two years earlier. And Metcalf did it when they were up, like, they they were winning that game pretty handily, and it was in the third quarter. Yeah. You know, this in that situation, you know you're going to get a flag. Yes. So, and I'll get you, you have to give Elijah Moore a little credit in that that could have defined him. Yeah. Instead, he had a monster year last year, and now he's having a good first year in the pros. And I don't think either fan base can really be upset about it. You know, he he gave Mississippi State a everything. win. He gave Mississippi State a win. Yeah. And he gave Ole Miss a new coach. Yeah. Because if and, Ole Miss wins that ball game, which I I think they would have gone for two right there. I'm going to tell you that you're wrong. I, th- I think they would have because they were talking it over. I think they would have gone for two. I was watching because that's just part of the reason I didn't see what happened. As soon as I knew it was a touchdown, I immediately looked at Matt Luke. So I wanted to see what he'd do. He had one finger in the air. Okay, well, I would have gone for two. I would have gone for two. I was stated. I was state had all stated dominated that ball game. Yeah, I was. I thought for sure he was going to go for two. And just, it's you're on the road. Get out of there. Get the win. And uh, but it didn't work out. And like you said, a butterfly effect. That two months later, both schools had new head coaches. Um, I mean, when you think about everything else that happened from from, can we blame the pandemic on this? Is that is that moment what started the coronavirus? It could be. Who's to say? There's no evidence that it isn't. There's no. All right. My number three egg bowl is a personal preference of mine because it occurred on my 21st birthday. And that's the 1996 egg bowl. Mississippi State 17, Ole Miss nothing. The there slop were, fest. Was that the rainy, rainy A lot day? of mud that day, Jerry Ely. A lot that of was mud. At, that was in Oxford. It was in Oxford. Just um, so much mud. Yeah. I have a great personal story that we passed an Ole Miss fan on the side of the road that we knew. We were sure it was him, but we were like, eh. You know, he was on it was on I fifty five between uh Vaden and uh and, and Winona. We just kept going. He's fine. He made it. Um State sacked Ole Miss quarterbacks on that day. I think the answer is seven and a, seven times, including Greg Greg Favors with five and a half of them. Kevin Sluter with a fifty plus yard fumble recovery. State scored all of its points that day. Uh, defensively, a safety, a pick six, and a fumble recovery for a touchdown. Um, the only other points came on a two-point conversion after State had scored with like a minute to go to make it fifteen to nothing. Uh, Matt Wyatt takes a two-point conversion in on a quarterback draw. When asked why at fifteen nothing with less than a minute or so to go, he went for two. Jackie Sherrill simply said, "Well, that's what the chart tells you to do." The chart. Love the chart. Uh, Tommy, there was a pre, there wasn't a, a fight pregame, but there was a coming together of the teams, uh, of which afterwards there was locker room video of Tuberville talking about that's who they are. Like, yeah, Tommy, I think if anything, time has proven that's kind of who you are. 
I got to be totally honest with you. Um, just a great day, you know, a great way to spend your birthday. Cause when your birthday is on the Egg Bowl, and that's pressure, right? You're going to be like, man, if they lose the game, if State loses the game, my birthday is ruined. So it's only happened one time in my life that the game has been on my birthday. State shut Ole Miss out on that day. Nice. Oh, that's a good one. That's Doesn't good. happen very often in no. this series. It was supposed to have happened. Oh, a shutout, you mean? Or Yeah. yeah. <sighs> State got shut out in 08. 08. And then you have that one in 96. And it, 2003, State got shut out. Yes. So, but that but was a, it's very the, rare. You have to be really, really bad to get shut out. Guess what? <laughs> uh, but what's funny about that is I think Ole Miss was favored in 96. Um, and, you know, State had beaten, beaten Alabama and then had lost the next week to Arkansas, which had taken away any chance of going to a bowl game. And then they went to Oxford, and you were like, well, we'll see what happens. And they ended up dominating the game. So it's kind of weird. They didn't go to a bowl game the next year either, and they won seven games. Yeah, that's back when there were you know 12 bowl games. I know. That's tough. It is. They, I mean, they would have been in a solid bowl game that year. Well, think about it. it nowadays with 12 games, right, they would have played a, an FCS team. Yep. And so they would have been 8-4. and four. Yeah, they would probably have been like the Outback Bowl or something. Yeah. So... That's what it is. All right, what's your number two? Number two is 2013. Okay. Um, I think we might have the same number one. Um, we don't. 2013 was a boring ball game until the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. Uh, st- you know, Ole Miss had kind of – it was kind of like 19, but in reverse. Ole Miss had kind of controlled that ball game. Damian Williams wasn't able to really do anything uh, for Mississippi State. He kept, he kept things – where they were. He like game he didn't, managed it. Hit, but State wasn't able to really do anything dynamic with him in the ball game. You know, Dak Prescott had had that thing where, you know, I think one media member said that his career was in jeopardy or something, but it wasn't that bad. But he had some kind of like nerve issue or something in his neck. Um, and it, it had really been a tough few weeks for him. He had a really bad game against South Carolina. We find out that his mom had taken a turn for the worst. She ended up passing away, I think, the next day. And um, <clears throat> after that, goes to Texas A&M a week after his mom had passed away. And I thought really performed well, but they came up short. And if we find out that he's got some kind of neck issue or something, I believe it was, and some kind of nerve uh, damage or something, I can't remember the exact injury, but you know, Tyler Russell did his best to keep Mississippi State afloat during that time. Mm-hmm. He got hurt against uh, Arkansas. Damian Williams led him to the win there in overtime. And you're thinking, you know, Damian Williams might can do this thing. You know, Ole Miss had a solid defense that year with Robert Kimdichie, Tony Connor, uh, Denzel Kimdichie, and all those guys. And uh, you know what I remember the the most of that ball game was Chris Jones kind of rose above Robert Kimdichie, I feel like. It, it was kind of a Kimdichie versus Chris Jones ball game. Like everybody was watching those two because they were they were like kind of mirror images. Kimdichie was the number one defensive lineman in the country and Chris Jones is number two. And uh <clears throat> I think they even ran him at one point. And he, Chris Jones made the tackle. And it was supposed to be he came in the ball game on a kickoff or something and there were two number fives yep. on the field. It was supposed to be a penalty, and they didn't penalize him. I'll give you a dollar if you can tell me who the number five was. Um, I can't remember no. who was five then. Itavius Mathers. Oh, yes. From Memphis. Yeah. Part of the Memphis crew that was – wasn't he part of that crew that was uh, 
getting tickets or something. Oh, the Herbert Moore crew? Yeah. I think you're right, yeah. I can't remember. But anyway, you know, they kind of make it to the fourth quarter there, and the state just needed a lift. And I remember the stadium just changing when they figured out Dak Prescott was coming to the ball game. When he was in that huddle fourth quarter, I remember looking down there and saying, okay, game on. And sure enough, drove state down the field. Um, it was the first or second possession he was in. They scored a touchdown. And the rest was history. You get you get into overtime. Dak scores on a fourth fourth and goal. The offensive line and Dak just was not going to be denied on that play. And then Bo Wallace uh, fumbling inside the five-yard line. And whatever um, whatever Danico, I mean, Nico Whitley said to him in his ear will go into the heavens, the apparently. But money. that was wild. That was just a wild finish. Another game that I, that I got to watch the last play. Mm-hmm. I put 13 and 19 right there together. I got to watch the last play on the sidelines. Yeah. I wish we could do that again. Yeah, I agree. But that's, that's my number two. I mean, w- one of the more memorable Egg Bowls yeah. that there is because of that fourth quarter comeback and the way the game ended with Bo Wallace fumbling into the end zone. You know, and like you said uh, – like you said, the 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 game itself up until the final maybe five ten minutes is is one of the most boring egg balls ever. I mean, it's ten it's what ten seven, and it's just it's just not going anywhere. Uh, I mean, the defense is giving credit; they played well. You know, State made a lot of plays. Uh, Nico Whitley had a crazy one handed interception. Uh, Tavez Calhoun had a crazy interception in that game. Um, State didn't State have a chance to win. In, in regulation with a field goal, or was it Ole Miss? State had a chance to win. In the, yeah, Sobius Evan missed. Sobius. Yeah. So, but, he, but he tied it, right? He tied the game, and then State got the ball back and had a chance to win it, and he missed that one. Yes. So, so, this is what it is. All right, my number two, I think, is your number one, is 99. Uh, 99 Egg Bowl. I mean, you're not a Mississippi State fan if you don't know what the kick, the pick, and the kick are. You just don't. Um I was at the, in the stands for this game. Uh, they were about 20 feet away from one of the most obnoxious Ole Miss fans I've ever encountered in my life. And when that kick went through the uprights, buddy, he knew about it. I'll just put it that way. It was an incredible, like a sea of people going over there to put a finger in his face. I'll let you guess which finger it was. Were you telling him his team was number one? I, I, I let it I let it be. I was too busy, you know, celebrating it. But other people were letting him know, yeah. Um, and that was the game where you know State had been coming back all year that year. You know they did yes. it against Auburn, against LSU, and against Kentucky. But that one felt insurmountable. It just did, until it wasn't. You know, and then CJ Simone's God rest his soul. And I I can still see that. I can still like Mackin throws the ball, and I'm one of those fans. I don't know. I'm, a lot of people probably do this, but I when the ball's out, I start looking downfield. Like mm-hmm. who's it going to? And you can see CJ just standing there. I'm like, oh. This how did been, that happen? How did that? How did he get that wide open? And uh, if they don't score on that play too, if it's a longer drive, they're probably gonna, a, they're going to overtime. They're going to overtime. They needed every second. And I think there. Ole Miss would have won an overtime because State could not stop Deuce McAllister. No, they could not stop him. As good as that defense was, they couldn't stop him. And when and when they kicked it, they kicked it to him in the kickoff too, right? No, they uh, they kicked it off and they sort of Stanford cowled it back to him. Okay. And he got the ball. And he Until was he was pushed out of bounds. Yeah, yeah, you were nervous. Yeah. And then the thing about that game that I always remember the most that, that I, I never will understand is why Cutcliffe threw the ball. I would have just gone to overtime. I'm the same way. And I the other know. thing is, if you're going to throw the ball, 
why would you throw? It was a one-man route. They went max protect, and they sent. I think it's, I think it's Maurice Flournoy, out. He's covered up by Robert Bean. Tim Nelson is right there, and then Bean, of course, with the incredible athleticism to kick. He meant to kick that baby, as Kirk Herbstreit said, right up to Eugene Clinton. One of my favorite things ever happens. Two of my favorite Ole Miss-related things ever happens on this play. One, uh, John Hilliard blindsides their tight end Adam Bettis in a hit that if you've never seen it, go back and watch it. I don't know how Adam Bettis got up. And if he did get up, I don't know how he had any teeth in his mouth. But secondly, from the reverse angle where they show the kick, there's an Ole Miss assistant coach, and it literally looks like someone like hits a button to make him like collapse. He literally just like goes to his knees in pain. When the ball gets kicked up in the air and and Clinton has it, it's hilarious. I've watched it a thousand times. Um, and then of course, you know, Westerfield. I I had no doubt in my mind he was going to make that kick, none whatsoever. And of course he did. And you know, it capped a special season. Um, it's one of the it's one of the greatest games in Mississippi State history. And it's my uh, it's my number two. And all honestly, that that season was better than '98 with the lone exception of Mississippi State didn't go to the SEC championship. Um, right. There, there were, it, w- it was a more fun season kind of to watch unfold outside of the fact that they didn't get an SEC championship. Yeah. I mean, I, I, they started 8-0. Yeah, I mean, they were in the top 10. They had say, really exciting wins. Yeah. They it, beat it, Kentucky. They beat LSU. They beat uh, Auburn. There were some really exciting wins in that season. It was kind of the year of the comeback. Okay. We're going off topic here for just a second. I'm going to read you this quote. And y'all going to... I, I saw Drinkwitz. Yeah, okay, never mind. I'm about to say Robbie's mom's just going to have to let me let me slide on this one. What a quote. Um, so that's your number one. Which, by the way, he kind of fits the bill, too. He does, he does. So that's your number one, 99? Yes, okay. and... The only thing I'll say that I mean you've you've explained the whole game. The only thing I'll say is I still have resentment towards my dad because we left Thanksgiving meal and our family and I think it was my my dad, my mom and her sisters and mm-hmm. myself that went to that game. Mm-hmm. Nobody else really wanted to go. They wanted to stay at home and watch. Mm-hmm. And we left midway through the fourth quarter. My dad wanted to beat the traffic. He, oh. thought the, he thought the game was over. Oh, and I have no control. I mean, I was uh, 10 years old. Big Daddy, no. So we listened to Jack Crystal call that. We were at the church. I remember exactly where we were. Mm-hmm. We were at the Church of God off of uh, South Montgomery. Mm-hmm. And we were we were going home back to 25. Mm-hmm. And I remember exactly we were right in front of the Church of God when that play happened. Well, there's something about that then. There's something to be said. And I remember telling my dad, why did we leave? Why did we leave that he, game? He didn't have an answer. All right. My number one is the 1998 Egg Bowl. Uh, State wins that game in Oxford to clinch the SEC West and go to Atlanta. Just, again, just a personal preference for me. It wasn't a very good game. State won 28-6. But I will tell you this. The game starts, or the game, you know, the day, two days before the game, they announced that Romero Miller is not going to play. They got injured, and he's not going to play. And so a walk-on named David Morris is going to be the starting quarterback for Ole Miss. And I was convinced 
that his name was going in the ledger of Egg Bowl heroes. Like, this guy that nobody knows about is going to throw for 300 yards, and they're going to win. That's quarterback country guy, right? I think so, yeah. So, the he game trained, starts uh, out. He trained Luke Altmaier. Ole Miss uh, got, got that early lead. I think they were up 3 nothing. Um, Deuce McAllister. Deuce McAllister. You know, we like to make the deuce for Heisman jokes. If he could have just played Mississippi State every game, he would have won it. The guy, he carried the ball 40 times in this game. Yeah. Um, but eventually, State was just too good. Uh, Mackin hit a couple of long passes, one to Kevin Prentice, one to Reggie Kelly. J.J. Johnson, as we all know, was playing on – I mean, his, his groin was torn to pieces, but he was able to gut it out and get a couple of touchdowns. And then late in the game, a few interceptions, including Tim Nelson taking in the uh, – the game, the game clincher there at the end. Robert Bean had an interception in the end zone against Cor- against your boy Corey Peterson. He said something to him. If you could ever find that one out for me, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to get to the bottom of that. Uh, somebody said something to Jackie in the uh, as they're going to shake hands. Somebody, some Ole Miss fan said something to Jackie, and Jackie had to be restrained from going after him. I wish they'd have let Jackie and his massive bear paw fists of fury just rain down upon that guy. That would have been hilarious. We're gonna have to we're gonna, we're gonna have to rank the most the the, the, the three like extracurricular activities in an egg there's bowl. There's plenty of them, but we would be here all day on that. I would Jackie Sherrill getting his hands on that guy would have been like a, literally like a bear mauling somebody. I, Joe Moorhead might have done the same thing to what's his to face? Michael Thompson, yeah. yeah. But Joe Moorhead, I mean, big guy. But I, 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 if you've never met Jackie Sherrill, if you've never actually talked to him or shook his hand, it's impossible to describe how big his hands are. It's like a bear paw. Like I'm, I have small hands for a big guy, but I've shaken his hand and it engulfs your hand. I, I don't understand how. I don't understand how it works. The picture of him shaking Tuberville's hand. Take a look at it. I mean, he's just. He's and you know monster. he's squeezing the crap oh, out of the yeah, too. Oh, yeah, absolutely. The, the disdain in their faces. Whenever Speaking they're... of Tuberville, his last game, I remember chanting Auburn uh, in Vaught-Hemingway Stadium, and then some dumb ES LSU, uh, Ole Miss fan starts chanting LSU, and we're just looking at him like, what? <laughs> he's like, y'all lost to LSU. Like, we're not chanting that because y'all lost to Auburn, you idiot. <laughs> So, uh, and the, I think the best part of it is the, is the post game because going back to the Grove and having a bottle of champagne and drinking that under the Arch of Champions, that's a memory that uh, can't be taken away. So, 1998 for me is the top Egg Bowl of all time. Okay. That's my, that's my one. So, all right, let's, let's talk a little bit about this game itself. Let's move into that. It's brought to you by our friends over at the Mississippi Beef Council. Don't forget, head over to Facebook and find the Mississippi Beef Council's page. Give them a like while you're there. But they've got links where you can vote on your favorite steak and favorite burger in the state of Mississippi. And that's a great competition. It's a very prestigious competition. And these restaurants want to win that. So if you've got a restaurant that's your favorite, head over to the Facebook page for the Mississippi Beef Council and vote there. Facebook comments don't count. You do have to click on the link to vote. And when you do that, boom, you can put yourself, put your favorite restaurant in position to win a very prestigious award this holiday season. Thanks to our friends at the Mississippi Beef Council. Beef is what's for dinner. Regardless of what you know, certain colleges want to talk about the beef industry and cows. If you don't want to eat steak, that's on you, boss. If you don't like cows. Go eat your kale. Yeah, enjoy your, 
Enjoy your 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 spring mix. Mm, this leaf is so good. Mm, I love, love it. I love a good leaf. Uh, I love Two Brothers Smoked Meats in the heart of the Cotton District. One of the best places to go. Not just in Starkville, but anywhere in the SEC. It's just a great restaurant. The people there are fantastic, and we love them. If you haven't already been to Two Brothers, well, I don't know that you've actually been to Starkville at any point. So, Head over to Two Brothers next time you're here and enjoy some smoked southern soul food in the heart of the Cotton District. Our friends at Advantage Business Systems, they make it easy by giving you a simple plan for success. The first part of the plan is we're going to offer you an incredible selection of products and services, everything your business needs from technology to get things going. And then every sale they make, the second part of the plan, you get incredible customer service, the kind you would expect to get when you're dealing with your next-door neighbor, which is what they are at Advantage Business Systems. They are your next-door neighbor, and they have been for over 46 years. Give them a call today and find out how they can help you. Number is 601-362-9192 or visit them online at absms.com. Find out how Advantage Business Systems helps your business do business. We talked yesterday about matchups and, 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 and things that you know have our attention as far as you know what's going to determine this game on, on Saturday on Thursday. Another one that, that we want to talk about, maybe sort of you know a little bit behind the offensive line versus the Ole Miss defensive line, is the safeties for Mississippi State against these Ole Miss receivers. Last year and, and, and basically in you know in his time at Ole Miss, uh, the, the success of this offense has been predicated on guys in the slot for Lane Kiffin finding one-on-one matchups, finding space, and getting big plays. Now, last year that guy was Elijah Moore, and he dominated. This year they don't have that guy as much, but they are still having some success there. We, we, I think feel like state fans can trust in Malcolm, uh, I'm sorry, Martin Emerson and Emmanuel Forbes to, uh, to get, you know, <clears throat> cover things up on the outside. These inside receivers and MSU safeties, this is another big matchup that could determine who wins this game on Thursday. It is because they they love to go deep. I mean, they love to just chunk the ball down there and see if Braylon Sanders or Dontario Drummond can go make a play. Um, and they'll hit, they'll hit you across the middle. That's why it's so effective because they kind of will draw you in to the middle of the field and then they'll beat you deep on single-man coverage or something. So uh, that this is going to be a big battle for Mississippi State. And to be honest with you, we know State's going to give up some big plays. They haven't really let them let that kill them in ball games. Um, Auburn was probably the worst game as far as those big plays are concerned. But th- th- they're they're susceptible to those big plays. We're not we haven't seen that just be a constant issue for them throughout the course of a ball game. So I think they'll take those. They'll take a couple of big plays here and there, and that's going to be a big, big spot for them. They just have to make sure that they don't get beat for like a fifty-yard touchdown pass. Um, if you're going to get beat two or three times during the game, okay, get beat for a forty-yard pass that that stops Braylon Sanders at the twenty. They just have to get stops inside the red zone because Ole Miss is going to get there, and with their kicking situation. I don't know what's going to happen there. I feel like Lane Kiffin is going to rely heavily on his offense to convert fourth downs, and he's done that this year. I think that's going to continue to be the the case, especially now that Caden Costas apparently not playing in this game. Yeah, that's that. We haven't got any <clears throat> official confirmation on that, but apparently he's suspended for this one. I talked about that a little bit on on on, on another uh, broadcast where you know. It's got to. It's demoralizing when you drive into the red zone and, and don't get points, especially when you go for. You know, missing a field goal is one thing, but when you go for it on fourth down and you get nothing and you really didn't try to get anything, 
that's going to be a huge. That can be a momentum swinger for Mississippi State. What happened against Alabama? Yeah, they they drove down the field on the first and drive and got nothing. Yeah, so that's the key to me. I mean, I, I think that that is a big matchup. The safeties and like mm-hmm. Braylon Sanders and Dontario Drummond, mm-hmm. but the bigger key to me is the red zone offense versus red zone defense. Yeah, if State can get stops inside the red zone, they're going to be fine. And, uh, and don't give up the big plays that lead to touchdowns. I mean, th- there's going to be big plays, but make sure that Braylon Sanders isn't racing for a 50-yard touchdown and make it a 40-yard catch where he stopped inside the 20. I, I'm, I, you, you'd much rather see that than him crossing the goal line. On the other side of uh, of that, State's red zone offense has started to figure things out. They were very efficient against Auburn. Obviously, you know, Tennessee State sort of is what it is. So you're right. I think Ole Miss, when they get in the – I'm I'm very interested to see what happens if early in the game. You know, Ole Miss opening drive, they drive it down the field, fourth and three from the MSU 15-yard line. What do you do? You know that's coming too. Yeah. You, and if you don't get anything, that is going to be – you're going to get the crowd into it and then State takes over and they're just going to move the football. Do you want the ball first? In this game, no. I don't either. No, you want to put the pressure I, on the other team. I I want the ball after halftime because Ole Miss has shown to be yeah much weaker in the second half than Mississippi State is. Stayed up seven in the first at the end of the first half with the ball, the, getting the ball in the, in the third quarter. It's probably stayed up thir- fourteen. And I think Kiffin's probably going to want the ball. He could first want to go ahead and get it out of try to get you know so try to fire that first shot. Yeah, I mean. And that first possession could be big. There's, I mean, you, there's so many games within the game. It is for this one. It a is lo- a lot of different. I mean, on top of that, you have all these storylines. This is as intriguing a game for the for the unbiased viewer. There's a lot going on in this football game. Yeah, so we'll see where it takes us. All right, guys, we haven't met our SEC picks. Oh, we have not. Oh, good call, Robbie. Let's do that right. Probably now. need to do that. I am still up one. Is that correct? Or am um, I up two? I'm up two. You're up two. I am up two. All right, so this is it. Yep. This is it. Upset picks coming your way from Robbie Falk because he's got to try to get back on board here. All right, Friday, Missouri at Arkansas. Here's a, here's a, I, I will let you choose. Do I pick first? We're going to do this the same way the whole way through. You I pick w- first. I will pick first. Okay. Because I, 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 you have to make no, your decisions. I mean, you can't block me off. Like, right. we got to make it. All right, here we go. We're gonna we're just gonna go through these two. Okay. Missouri and Arkansas. Arkansas. Missouri. All right. I don't have a choice. Georgia, Georgia Tech. I'm gonna go Georgia. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Florida, Florida State. This game is in Gainesville. I'm gonna talk about the Knolls. I'm taking Florida State. I feel like I got to go Florida. I mean, I got to make okay. up some ground. I, I don't think that Florida's going to win. Now, here's the real question: <laughs> Would you be satisfied here, tying it up, and we'll have to figure out a tiebreaker, or are you going to go for the win? Let's see. Alabama at Auburn. I will take Alabama. I'm going to take Alabama okay. as well. Vanderbilt at Tennessee. I will take Tennessee. I'm taking Tennessee. Texas A&M at LSU. The end of the Orgeron era. Th- this is going to be where. We're gonna have to. I'm gonna have to make a decision here. I think a And M's still gonna win, but I would not be totally surprised to see Ed Orgeron getting carried off the field one last time. But give me the Aggies. I'm going LSU. Oh, he's gonna go for the win. Going for the win. All right, Kentucky. Well, it, it, it might not be the win though. I, I might. I might be wrong in the other one. It might. Have an, I'm gonna give you one more opportunity too. Kentucky at Louisville. I'm gonna take Kentucky. 
I'm gonna go Louisville. What is going on? here? If I'm gonna lose, I'm gonna lose. But right. if I'm gonna win, I want to. I want to spike the ball. I've been saying this for the last two or three weeks. Clemson at South Carolina. Give me the Gamecocks. I'm going Clemson. Okay, so no, I'm kidding. I'm going South Carolina. I'm going South Carolina. Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. So Missouri, Florida, LSU, Louisville. Okay, that's four games that four I games. picked. Different. I'm trying to figure out is there a way we can be tied. I guess if you get two right and two wrong. Yeah, I mean, th- there is a way. Um, would, that, would that be correct? Would you yes. know you'd still be two? You'd be still be two down, right? Wait, wait, wait. All right, hold on. You're down two, right? Down two. You got four games different. If you're four and zero, oh, you win by two. Yes. If you're three and one, you win by one. Yeah. If you're two and two, it's if tied. I'm two and two tied up, and then anything else is yes. I win. Yes. All right. I've put myself in a good position here. Let's do it. I have nothing to lose. Well, you do have something to lose. Well, it's going to be an expensive tab for dinner. I mean, do you think I'm going to be upset about that? I'm going to be excited to eat no Your matter what. Your wife might be. We'll see how that goes. It'll be okay. All right. Guys, we're just not going to 44 Prime. Aren't we? No. We've marked we, that off the table. If you go on, I, I, they have a Black Friday special, two for one gift cards. If you spend 100 you get a $200 gift card. Oh, okay. So I'm just saying. All right. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow. It'll be three Ps for the Egg Bowl, Mississippi State and Ole Miss. Until then, for Robbie Falk, I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Mississippi Media Production.